Looks like you've got a shardy as well. It's hard to tell on camera. It is a it is a shardy. Yeah. When do I drink anything else but Chardonnay? Let's be real. Oh, I I tend to shake things up a lot, but that's just a product of being in a wine club. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I um I'm just a creature of habit. Like I go to the same section. I think like I change the Chardonnay that I'm drinking every so often. Like I'll buy different brands and whatnot, but. Um, that all tastes a little different, but I don't usually stray away from that. And if I'm getting red wine, then it's always going to be like a Cab Sav or a Malbec. Yeah, we've discussed this at great length recently because Coley's yes. very particular about her wines. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even introed this yet. No, I mean, I guess we can leave this in, can't we? I mean, who doesn't love a little <laughs> bit of wine chat right at the beginning? I was fiddling with stuff on my desk, but I'm sure that everybody doesn't mind. Oh, well. Do you want to go ahead and okay. give us a juicy intro then, Cole? All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Internet Friends, the podcast where two friends who met on the internet talk about life. Um, I'm your host, Cole Nielsen, and... I'm Charlotte Turner, all the way down in very, very hot New Zealand today. It's warm today. Spring has hit us full force. I'm wearing yeah. a linen button-down shirt and shorts. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, it's saying it might snow this weekend. You're kidding. No, I'm not. But Julian just had to spend the last two hours like outside the house with my mom in the backyard trying to portray protect her tree that like isn't really made for snow so they were like wrapping it it was like this whole drama yeah no it's supposed to get really cold this weekend it's only october i know <laughs> global warming is a thing yeah well this time last year so this weekend is new zealand's labor weekend um so it's a long weekend public holiday on monday all that which is very exciting which means most of auckland is going away because as we discussed in previous episodes i believe a little bit new zealand is at level one of our alert level system which means that we can travel we can intermingle everything's all jeezy breezy a little bit at the moment so oh, how lucky to live on a tiny little island with no borders that you can just shut everything down <laughs> and just <Jacinda. laughs> i promise i'm not <laughs> i promise i'm not that salty <laughs> um we'll get into the new zealand election in a moment because i do want to talk about that in a sec um but yes yeah, so we're going camping for the long weekend which means i won't be around for um this month's book club chat no you won't but I will have only ever missed one. I have been to every single other one. So I feel yeah, like I can't you, excuse. <laughs> besides like me and uh, my sister and Kat. Kat is my co-host of the book club. Charlotte's had the best attendance out of everyone. I'm pretty sure. I'm an overachiever. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think that because like you and I talk so often that it would be harder for you to like slough it off. Then oh yeah, it would be. <laughs> I mean, I make a lot Other of people? effort because I I have to make a lot of effort. I can't I can't like be a bad influence yeah. or whatever. But I also really yeah. care about the books that we're reading and everything that we're doing. Um, yeah, but actually, well, the point that I was going to make though is that this time last year we all went camping in the same spot, and by we all I mean the girls. Um, a bunch of the boys had gone up to South America to visit our mate Declan, who is now back in New Zealand after backpacking for a while because of the Rona. Um, but we went up last year and it was like the first weekend where it was warm enough to go swimming and all that sort of stuff. And that seems to be very obviously repeating itself. About two days ago, it just got really hot all of a sudden. And it's now like if you put a jumper on, it's like, oh, no, I can't do this. Whereas Monday, it was totally fine. So we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, by the way. Hence the wine that we both have. It's Thursday afternoon for you, but it's Friday afternoon it for is. me. <laughs> Thursday at 8 p.m. currently, if anyone cares. Yeah, I mean, um, technically I'm having wine at like 10 to 4, but who's counting? It's a Friday. <laughs> it, honestly, afternoon, it's fine on a Friday, in my mm. opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh, for <laughs> but, sure. Um, I, uh, I've had a very long work day, very, mm -hmm. very long work day. And it was just one of those days where like a glass of wine was just necessary. So, yeah, I had a bottle that's been in the fridge for questionably too long for me to still be drinking it, but I'm not yeah, about I to pour that. it down the drain. I'm yeah, like, that's fair. fussy about my wine, but I'm not that fussy. I'm not going to waste it. <laughs> you should but just, um, cook with it. 
That's what I always do whenever I, or you can freeze it to cook with it. That's a good idea. Freezing it to cook with it would have been a good idea, but it is on my glass and my hand now. So that's not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> well, if it tastes good, then that's all that matters. It tastes all right. It's it's probably not as good as it was when I opened it to begin with, but it was a pretty decent drop to begin with anyway. So it's probably okay. Yeah. Uh, so should we slide into uh, what we're reading, listening to and watching? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we, let's start with reading because we were already talking about the book club. Um, I'm currently reading the book club book. <laughs> yeah, I, if I'm honest, I still haven't actually started it because I've spent all this month trying to read American Dirt. So I will be reading it. I might take my Kindle with me as well as American Dirt this weekend. And if I finish American Dirt, then I will read the book up there because I've got, I've got it on Kindle. Um, I um I haven't finished American Dirt. I'm still at the same page length from the last time we talked on this podcast. So I just am not like for, at night right now. I just am not really in a reading mood. Like I, mm. I have no desire to pick up the book, really. I've been in a bit of a reading slump. So that's been things. So and when I say that I started the book, I mean, I listened to the first 15 minutes on an audio book today. So I haven't even really like gotten into uh, the the book club book which is by the way a mind spread out on the ground by alicia something let me look um i wonder whether i should get the audiobook i wonder if that's a good idea because actually i might get through it a little bit easier if i had it on audiobook i haven't bought it yet so you have my you have my audible login <gasps> i have it on audible that's you can right. listen to it oh cole's yeah, a dream f- she sent me her audible login for one of the other book club reads and i managed to finish it without it last time yeah because fuck amazon and yeah. i don't care if they get my money so should I give yes. her my login? all right yeah maybe um, i will do that <laughs> the the book is by alicia alicia or alicia Elliot. Some people pronounce that Alicia and some people pronounce it Alicia. So Mm. I'm just going to say, but it's um, a Canadian author um, and it's all about uh, the kind of like trauma, oppression and racism that um, indigenous people face in North America specifically. So that's what I am currently reading as in I've listened to the first like five minutes on my audiobook. This one is the nonfiction book of the two right so the structure of the book club is actually really really good in that we have one non-fiction book and then we have a fiction book that kind of pairs well with the topics from the non-fiction is more or less Mm -hmm. how it's been structured so far that may vary as we go on over time but it's how it's been broken down thus far and there's one book per month so in a two-month period we'll do a non-fiction and a fiction and they sort of become together in a group so this is the beginning of the group for these two yeah so to start off, start everything off, we um, read So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijoma Luo. And then in conjunction with that, we read um, Americana by Chimamanda Adichie. And then we read uh, Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall, which was so good, guys. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites, um, which we read in conjunction with my other favorite, one of my favorite books of the year, which was um, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. It was so and, good. I think everybody needs yeah, to read that so book. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, and then this month we're reading A Mind Spread Out on the Ground, and next month our fiction pick is um, There, There by Tommy Orange. And mm-hmm. that'll be it for the rest of the year because we are taking a break in December just due to the Christmas holidays and how insane it is. And it's also my birthday, so the chances of us wanting to do anything around that time is probably slim to none. Though this is a little bit of a side note to the pod. I probably This is maybe a waste of time, but I would really like to see the... Um, list of books for the first quarter of the year pre-Christmas so that I can spend my Christmas holidays reading them because I'll have like two weeks off over Christmas and I can get through that's where I get through the most of my reading as you know last year that's when I started my um, reading challenge for 2020 and I read like three or four books within a few days when I went away for New Year so it'd be really cool if you guys could plan it out and announce it pre-Christmas Oh, yeah. And then people can also ask for them for Christmas. That's a really good point. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Kat about that. I'll I'll ask her what she thinks. And when we, any- I'm sh- yeah, I th- we have our discussion coming up. Probably we'll probably talk either tomorrow or on Saturday to mm. come up with what we're going to discuss on the call on Sunday. So um, I'll bring that up with her. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. And for anybody who's listening, um, the book club 
as you heard from what we were talking about, the people engaging with the calls has dropped down quite a lot since it first started. Um, and Cole and Kat are planning on culling out people who haven't got a very high attendance rate to try and make room for more people who were really excited to join, but there wasn't room for them in the club at the beginning. So if you're listening mm. and you're keen, flick Cole a message and let her know because there might be some room for you coming up in the next couple of months. Yeah, where we were going to uh, basically after November calls, cut out anyone who hasn't been coming and then um, reopen applications for the new year to people. So um, just shoot me a DM and I'll add you in. But you have to actually want to do it because I will cut you out if you don't do it. Yeah, that's the, my one rule. The attendance dwindled a lot and it was a bit sad because we all met some really cool people. And it's just I, I get that people's lives are busy. But there were a lot of people who turned up to the first one and haven't turned up since. Um, it definitely, though, to me, speaks to a lot of like what people were talking about, especially during the uprise of George Floyd's murder and the social media kind of frenzy that happened afterwards. And this, I really think, like, is what people talk about when they talk about performative activism. Mm. Like, And it's really hard for me not to judge, but like, it's not like a book club is that fucking hard. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. even then, especially like, if you're a reader. Of, yeah. And even then we had 60 people join and uh, we now have maybe 10 that still do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's 50 people right there that have signed up for something and they can't even commit to that. And it's kind of like what I what I think about when people are, are talking about yeah, performative activism. They they can't even commit to reading a book. And if you can't commit to reading a book to educate yourself better on how you should be behaving in your real life, you probably aren't doing anything in your real life either. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, because I feel like we've just also jumped in a little bit, it is the Anti-Racism Book Club. Is that the official title that you guys gave it? I can never remember. I'm hopeless. Yeah, it's kind of a lame. It's kind of a lame name, but it was the best I could come up with. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it puts across the general gist, which was that... Um, Cole and I had talked about this far before you even started the book club, even about wanting mm -hmm. to diversify the pool of authors that we drew from when we were reading um, and like actively try and find authors from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different life stories and experiences and try and read a better spread to try and understand people more and start reading more uh, nonfiction books as well um, to sort of try and understand things more, which is why we started with So You Want to Talk About Race. Um, because at the time that was right around the murder of George Floyd and it was like, okay, this seems like a really good place to start. And it's sort of evolved from there. So now we're dealing with um, the indigenous people of North America with this bunch of mm -hmm. books and starting to get even more sort of nation specific about different cultures and different experiences, um, which has been really nice because we had, to each other talked about wanting to do more of that. And now we have like a structured thing where it actually like, okay, we're all going to talk about it too, which is kind of nice because it makes you think better about what you're reading. Um, mm -hmm. But also it gives you like a, a timeline to get through the books more rapidly because I know that I, I go through waves with reading. It's like, I will read like a lot in a month or there'll be months where I don't read much like this month. Um, yeah. So it's I'm been kind of nice. Yeah. I've had like, I think my, my, like highest reading month this month year was like 13 books in a month and then there's some months that I read literally zero books yeah like during so um during lockdown like the the big lockdown that we had at the beginning of the year um I read half of a book because I mentally just could not hack reading so like in <laughs> in March when like COVID was just first starting mm. um I I because I was planning to fly down to New Zealand at the end of March for our tri my trip to mm. come see you. I had some of the busiest work projects lined up to help me pay for the trip. So my December to March was the busiest quarter I had ever done in my entire career. And you were trying so to save up. tired. I was so stressed. So I, I didn't read anything in March. And then 
I didn't get to go anywhere. And then on top of that, COVID, because all everyone needed to then convert into online businesses. And I'm a web designer, for those who don't know. I then had the busiest April and May that I'd ever had in my career as well. So the first half of my of my year, I made like more money than I made all of last year. Because mm. it was just so intense. And um and then once I stopped, I like and kind of got every all my clients online. I um I took a few months off and I just uh read for months on end because that's all I could really do because I was so fried. Mm. Um <laughs> so yeah, like I didn't read really anything in uh, March or like March specifically. And then come to like summertime, I was reading like 13 books a month. And then recently I haven't read any. Yeah. And I think right at the beginning of COVID getting really bad, everyone's anxiety was on end too. Like I've heard a lot of people talking about how they couldn't read or they couldn't do any of the craft projects that they thought that they would do during lockdowns or like any of those things. Cause they couldn't mentally bring themselves to do it. Um, which is actually going to jump into what we're talking about shortly, but we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it was definitely like that for me. Like I did pick up doing other bits and pieces, but just the anxiety and the mental strain of the pandemic has been a real big thing about me not reading too. Like I tend to read more when I'm relaxed. If I'm really stressed and anxious, I want to watch TV because I don't really need to use my brain and it distracts my brain more. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Reading takes a lot more focus. That's for sure. Yeah. And if your brain is all over the place, then you're not going to be able to focus. You will reread the same paragraph like four times and not absorb any of the information. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I feel like that's enough on reading. What what, yeah. what are you currently <laughs> listening? What are you currently listening to? Um, same problem as last week. I am still very frustrated in that I haven't got anything good to listen to at the moment but what I did discover this week is I rediscovered my workout playlist which was full of some like old bangers which made my run the other night very exciting it's not a good playlist I'm not going to share it for anybody else but it's just got some good memory kind of um songs in it that are like a good tempo for getting through a workout um but that's my really not exciting. <laughs> what are you listening to? Saying, do you have anything more exciting? Please tell me you have something more <laughs> exciting than that. Um, so Miley Cyrus just did with MTV uh, uh, Backyards session again. Oh, didn't she do it with her sister this time, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah. So she did one song with her sister and then there's like she did quite a few other songs. She did like a cover of um, a Gimme More by uh, Britney Spears oh, and cool. just in general in the last like year I think Miley Cyrus has been just doing such a cool job with like some really amazing like rock and roll covers as well mm. she does this cover of Heart of Glass um, which is one of like my favorite songs um, that she came out with like two weeks ago on on her YouTube channel as well that's amazing so I've been kind of listening to that quite a bit um, just kind of rocking out to all of her new like back yard sessions because she's just so talented I feel like she was someone who like when she was on Disney Channel especially people kind of like poo-hooed and just thought that she was like just another like Disney machine kind of person and she's really stuck through that and she's like incredible now like Mm. her craftsmanship is so beautiful and so that's that's what I've been listening to are they on Spotify they're not. I think they're okay. just on YouTube. That's okay. I have YouTube Premium, so I can use that kind of like Spotify for them potentially. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I don't know how YouTube Music works at all. I've never used it, but yeah, I I just kind of like create a p- playlist and have it like playing as videos in the background. Mm. She did a backyard sessions thing many many years ago, um, mm-hmm. and I remember specifically her cover of Jolene. And oh, I was yeah. like, it was so, so good. And she did a cover. She did a Jeff Buckley cover as well. I can't remember which song she did. It might've been Lilac Wine. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. They were amazing. I repeated them over and over and over again. She's incredibly talented. So if it's anything like that, I'd forgotten that they were coming out. Actually, I will have to go ahead and actually have a listen. Cause I think she is very talented. You should really go see her, um, her heart of glass cover that she did it's absolutely insane it it's like the song was made for her it's so freaking good 
I okay I'll go and listen to them later maybe I'll actually have something to listen to for the next week I'll, I'll come back next week and update you guys as to whether it was good or not <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fair all right and then what have you been watching well I'm going to be a little bit sneaky and say um between last episode and this episode we had our election Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be sneaky and say watching was like watching the election night coverage because, oh, my God, I love my country (laughs) for a couple of different reasons here. One, our election coverage is just humorous because it's not that serious. And like the people who are hosting it were eating like gummy dinosaurs and bantering about needing sugar to keep them sustained. And they're like throwing gummy dinosaurs at each other. And like one of them who was an ex-politician got given a a um, packet of girl guide biscuits at the end is like a here's some sugar it's midnight you might need this to sustain you but also thank you for coming on i know there's just like all these little things it's just like i love new zealand but also it was a very fun night because one we voted in jacinda again and a landslide yeah thank everyone goodness. knew that was going to happen though everyone knew it was going to happen i had wondered whether she was going to be voted in to a point where she could lead the government alone so if you don't know and i'll do this very quickly um new zealand's political system is called mmp which is basically um if you have your like two major parties and one of them doesn't get enough to rule on their own then they need other parties to band together to form a coalition government and get that majority the idea is that you are supposed to have several different parties coming together to give several different perspectives and to try and balance the government better so the goal is Canada's a pretty similar yeah yeah Canada's pretty similar which is really really good the problem is that Jacinda got enough votes to run the government by herself which that's awesome which is awesome but it's a little bit problematic not having any balance I think a lot of people who voted for her also wanted the Greens to come in and be part of a coalition with her just to give some balance and to help with all of that sort of stuff I voted for the Greens because I knew that Jacinda was probably going to get a lot of votes and I wanted the Greens to be in there as a representative voice because I think that the MPs in the Green Party are brilliant. Um, But yeah, we have Jacinda in charge again. So that's the main thing that really matters to me. And they fucking crushed the National Party. (laughs) (laughs) Like decimated, destroyed, embarrassingly low numbers. And it was really, really fun to watch on the night. (laughs) As terrible as that sounds, but it was really fun. (laughs) There was a there was a presidential debate for the U.S. on tonight. And when I was eating dinner, my dad was watching it and I I was like dying a little bit. And so I had to tune it out. They released yesterday. Didn't they say that they were going to switch off each um, the opposition's microphones so that they could actually get an opening statement out? (laughs) Yeah, no. So they were they were muting it and Trump wasn't trying to talk over top of people as much, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. It's only for Joe Biden. Because, (laughs) but honestly, I tried watching maybe a minute of one of the debates at some point over the last couple of months, and I could not do it. It was the one where Trump, like, came out and was like, we are, like, weeks away from a vaccine, and this is all fine. I was just like, you are so full of it, mate. You just need to, like, rein it in a little bit. (laughs) I, I, I think it's so fucked up that... We like don't have <sighs> that politicians are allowed to just lie in debates so openly in the states and like with no consequences and that there's no one there fact checking. Like, how is anyone supposed to know that anything that he says is real or not? Because a lot of the shit that he's saying is lie. And there's no consequence for it. Did I there's tell no you, fact checker. Did I tell you about the um the journalist here like a day or two after the election who had an interview with this like it's this weird right-wing party that didn't actually make it in the, one of the co-leaders used to be part of the national party which is like a bigger party and he went on and interviewed with her and she was she was like ripping him a new one like she was very very good but it got to a point very specifically on this point where he was talking about covid and trying to liken um the death rates to the flu I don't know how people are still trying to do that, why people are still trying to do that, because like you cannot compare it to just like the standard flu. And 
she cut him off halfway through the sentence and was just like, no, I'm going to stop you and we're going to move on. He's just like, you you can't ask me the question and then not let me explain, like, why you were grilling me on that. And he's, she's just like, well, you're being factually inaccurate. So, yes, actually, I can cut you off and I'm going to. And she stopped him and she moved on to the next point. And this clip went viral in the States. They're just like, yes, why does this stuff not happen here? Like, why are we not calling this stuff out when it happens on TV? Because it is factually inaccurate and it's so dangerous to spread it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me, it makes me really upset. Yeah. It stresses me out too, which is why I have limited interactions with uh, the US election circuit or anything going on with it right now. Cause I just can't deal. I, I voted this week, too, because BC's in an election currently. That's right. When do you find out the results for that? Saturday. So okay. um, so Saturday is the actual technical election day, which is two days from now, which it, by the time this goes out, it'll already have been passed. Mm-hmm. But um, they had like a week of like advanced voting where you could go and do advanced voting to try and make it um, more safe so people didn't have to like. Um, line up for hours or whatever mm-hmm. I I I've had some 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 people in my life debating that it's unsafe to go and vote in person and like judging people for doing it mm. I personally when I went in was the only person there to, when I advanced voted and it took me two seconds I was allowed to use my own pencil I I just kind of like put my slot in into a ballot box and walked out and didn't even have to interact with anyone. Yeah. It was so like, it was so fine. It was mm. completely fine. But like, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I'll find out on the weekend. I, um, I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to happen. The, the reason we're in an election in the first place is because our current government has a minority government in BC and, our, um, they threw us into a snap election thinking that because their approval rates were so high because of how they've been handling COVID, because BC has been considered one of the best places to have handled COVID in the world. Even mm. the New York times wrote an article on how well we've been doing. Mm. Um, and so, so lucky. Oh, I know we're so, so lucky. Yeah. And so they thought because their approval ratings were so high and they, if they swung us into an election that they would be able to swing it back into being a majority government, which means that they'd be able to, get more shit done basically which makes me very angry basically is how I feel and so I'm curious to see how it's going to go and whether or not it's going to work in their favor or not or if it's actually going to end up shooting them in the foot moral of the story is though I don't yeah I voted. I'm curious to see what will happen. I'm pretty sure it'll probably end up being an NDP majority. I doubt that the liberals are going to get in. Um, But what I would love to see is more green representation come in. Mm. Um, So I personally voted green this time around, which is funny. I also think and I don't know if this is the same for you. You know, down in the States, like something that blows me away with politics is the fact that like uh, who you vote for is such a huge part of your identity and people mm-hmm. almost always vote for the same party, which makes sense because they only have two options. It's kind of like you're either a racist or you're like a liberal. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to all the Americans, but your country's yeah. electorate, um, just your whole political system is a little bit screwed up and everybody thinks so. Yeah. Right. Whereas like here in Canada, like in my in my three different levels of elections, because we have like municipal, uh, provincial and federal elections, Mm. I I've voted a different party in almost every election. I am constantly switching between voting for either the liberal party, the um, NDP or the Green Party. I would never vote conservative. I'm not a right leaning person Mm. i'm definitely more center left so uh, but i'd like that's still three different parties i vote differently every time yeah i've mixed it up quite a lot over the over the years um and i ended up voting green this time and i voted green last time but both times i have voted my like local electorate vote for um labor because the labor candidate was a lot stronger or the only option in terms of Mm -hmm. left-leaning for my electorate. Um, But, yeah, I voted for the Greens the last couple of times just because I, like, I want the Greens to be in Parliament and I want them to have, like, a good hefty say so that they can, like, crack the whip on all the stuff that I, like, a lot of the major things I care about, like the Mm -hmm. Green Party in New Zealand especially, are vying for, like, mental health stuff and the environment and um, the legalisation of cannabis. They're kind of forging ahead on most of that sort of stuff um 
and like all of those sorts of things. It's like I, and I think they were maybe a big part of the um, euthanasia re- referendum. I'm not 100% sure who actually like spearheaded that. But like mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I think need to actually be dealt with that are not like major day-to-day things necessarily, but I think need to be done. So I, I keep voting for the Greenies because I keep wanting them to be able to throw their weight around. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a perfect time to segue into our topic of the day, which is all of the random hobbies we've picked up during COVID. <laughs> yeah. So and I feel like, okay, so I, the reason I say this is a perfect segue is because I didn't tell you what I've been watching recently. And that is because it's the perfect segue into what my major quarantine hobby has become, which is okay. knitting. Yes. And I've been watching a lot of yarn dyeing videos lately which yes is, i i keep getting texts from cole about this actually <laughs> the last couple of days specifically yeah so yarn dyeing what is it basically this is people these indie dyers out there that are making bank like like decent cash at taking bare yarn and dyeing it really fun, variegated, speckled, gorgeous colors that are like all fun and then like selling them. And so I have, I'm a big knitter. That's been my like major quarantine habit. I've been knitting a lot because I find it's very therapeutic, especially if I'm like, I can do it while I'm watching TV or when I'm on FaceTime or when I'm doing whatever, even like sometimes while we're doing this podcast, I'll sit and I'll be knitting at the same time Mm -hmm. because it's something that's super easy. But I... I also paint quite a bit. This is um, another thing that I I have done quite a lot um, during um, COVID. And the reason I love painting so much is like, I love mixing color. Like color Mm. is my favorite thing. That's one of my, the things that I'm the strongest with as an artist and as a creative and in my creative businesses, the things that people lean on me a lot for is um, creating color palettes and color ways and making sure that things match. And so I just think the idea of dyeing yarn for a living seems like so much fun. So that's what I've been watching and it's now become a hobby. Yeah. And honestly, I think it is almost perfect for you because (laughs) you will get so much joy out of like playing with color combos and you're like, I can just, I can imagine it. I think you'll love doing it. And I'm kind of excited to see what happens when you try. I also fully expect you to send me some. Oh yeah. Oh, don't you worry. I will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once I figure out, so I've ordered, I've ordered a pack of six bare um, skeins to start off with. Oh, you actually ordered some. We were just talking about it the other day being like, she's like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a go. But you you actually ordered it. Yeah, I've ordered some bulk wholesale. um, Well, I say bulk. It's only six guys. And then I've also ordered this uh, intro to indie dyeing kit from this like like it's like a one of the what are they subscription box? That's the word. And um, it's a three month long subscription box. And each month they give a a send out new dyes and all of the tools that it takes to like. learn how to indie die. So that should be here in the next week or so. So it's going to be a thing. This is my new like obsession. I have, I have not stopped watching YouTube videos about this. If you looked at my YouTube feed, it would all just be all these random like girls from the States that, um, indie die for a living. I'm going to just jump back for a second. That subscription box is so niche. Like that is the most niche <laughs> subscription box service ever. I really want to know how many people have taken that up. Um, yeah. But my Instagram, oh, my Instagram, my YouTube recommendations have become really weird of late too. And this is totally down to the hobbies thing. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is about COVID in general, but I basically only had one hobby before COVID and that was uh, film photography, which is very similar to what I do for work. I'm a photographer. So doing because photography used to be my hobby when I was a kid when I was a teenager even when I was at uni because I was um I ran the photographic society with my friend Sam um we (laughs) I kind of lost my hobby when I started doing photography for work and it wasn't until Sam was just like why don't you go and dig out a film camera and start taking photos I was like oh my god what a good idea that I actually had the hobby element of photography back again so for a really Mm -hmm. long time that was like the only hobby that I had And then something about like the lockdowns and the anxiety around COVID. And like I just started doing crafty things and I'd forgotten how much I loved it. I am quite like 
I mean, I'm a creative in general, so like I enjoy dabbling in all these different parts of creative, the creative world. I'm quite decent with a camera, but like I, I love dabbling with other stuff. Um, and getting over that hurdle of being bad at things was really hard for me because I have this thing about, I, I hate being bad at stuff, but now that I'm getting better at embracing it, I've started like knitting and I started sewing and I've like wanted to start dabbling with painting and like all these different things because like, I just like, I want to, I want to be creative. And like, I started mm-hmm. sewing because I got to the point where I was sick of not being able to find the clothes that I had in my head. Cause I'm very specific about the kind of clothes that I buy. Um, and I can never find the stuff that's in my head in person. And if I ever do find it, it's always horrifically expensive. It's the problem that I have. It's a chronic issue. Um, oh, Julian's turned up with the wine for Cole. I am getting front row service right now. Thank you. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Thank you. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's more than half a bottle of wine in my glass right now. Just so you guys know. I I was about to say, it's a very big glass and it is very full. (laughs) The glass is like almost the size of my head. I'm sure if any of you follow on Instagram, you've probably seen the pictures of my jumbo wine glass that I always use and it's like it's like two-thirds of the way full it's a very yeah. full wine glass like I, I saw him just sort of glug pouring the thing out I was just like oh that's getting that's getting pretty full oh she's getting yeah, real full I was like oh I was not <laughs> expecting that yeah um so yeah the sewing kind of evolved then into wanting to learn how to knit um partly because Coley was doing I think you kind of influenced me there yeah um it's but so also, funny but here's the thing people don't know this but the reason that i got into knitting in the first place is that charlotte discovered this like knitting brand called wool in the gang That's and right. charlotte was like oh i think i'm gonna buy one of these and i was like this looks like so much fun and then charlotte ended up not buying them and i bought like 12 no not 12 that's yeah. a lot of money i think i bought like four and then i like got obsessed with knitting because but then but it was you that were like i'm gonna buy this and then you didn't buy yeah. it and then i bought it and then i became the weirdo that like d- didn't stop knitting was that pre-christmas last year or was it pre-birthday <laughs> this year it was pre-christmas last year right because i remember thinking that i was like i don't want to spend the money on this because my god it's like 200 new zealand dollars for like a knitting kit like yeah, yeah. it's nice wool but like i've there got other actually- things i want to spend my money on <laughs> They're definitely not cheap. And uh, like a lot of um, knitters in the knitting community that I've now become a part of, like on Reddit and on Instagram, don't love Will and the Gang or Weird Knitters or like any of these like kit kind of companies because they think that they're overpriced for what they are, which is true. But I do think that one, if you want to learn how to knit, check out Wool in the Gang's YouTube channel because it's completely free and their tutorials are the best. They're so Mm -hmm. easy to follow along and they're very slow and methodical and the instructions are very clear. So anything I've ever tried to learn, I always watch their videos because it makes so much more sense whenever Mm -hmm. I watch it on theirs. But um, yeah, uh, I still think if you're someone who's brand new to knitting, their knitting instructions make way more sense than most knitting patterns that you buy. I've just gotten into buying like knitting patterns on Ravelry. And even though it's like the standard of knitting, it's like a little bit confusing. And I think if I was a beginner, I would have never been able to understand it. Whereas with my wool in the gang and my we are knitters kits that I bought, um, it's been a really good intro to it. So I am. I still think they're great. Yeah, I, I think that they provide quite a good service in that they kind of drop the barrier to entry a lot where they have, you can pick like very fashionable on-trend colors, very fashionable on-trend patterns, and they very easily stagger them from like absolute beginner through to expert. You can get the specific needles that you need with the um, pattern that you buy. And yeah, and as I said before, the Um, colors are really on trend so it feels like you're knitting something that you could almost buy somewhere or you know it's rather than going to a bunch of these websites that feel a little bit old and outdated and finding patterns that are a more modern sensibility for example I don't know they just take the barrier to entry out and I get the price point from that perspective alone it's like they put a lot of work into curating this stuff for people to make that really easy for people so I I kind of understand why the price point is where it is. It doesn't change the fact that I haven't wanted to purchase one myself, but 
Yeah. No, I definitely think that, um, like, I, I understand where the market is, and I definitely think that it, it it holds its own and it has its own value. But I also understand some of the criticisms of it. But I definitely oh, yeah. recommend if, you, if you're if you um wanting to get into knitting, definitely, definitely check out their YouTube channel. Even if you don't buy their stuff, like, you can go to your local yarn shop um, and probably find shit for way cheaper or even go to, like, Michael's. I don't know what the New Zealand and Australian equivalent to Michael's is. Spotlight. Yeah, um, but and buy like really cheap stuff just to like learn on. But it's it's a lot of fun. If anyone, by the way, has any ideas of an Instagram handle name for uh, for an indie yarn company, I'm not saying I'm starting one. But if I if I wanted to share my journey of dying yarn and you all want to give me some ideas because I don't have any. That's all. That's all. I'm just, just going to throw it out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I might hate it once I start doing it, but. <laughs> Do you know who we need to ask that question? Sam. Yes. Yeah. Charlotte's uh, co-worker and like one of his, her best friends, his name is Sam. And he is like the king of puns. Yeah. Don't tell him I said that though. He's going to listen to this and he's going to like, his ego is going to be like, oh yeah, they said I'm great, but he is great at it. <laughs> he has actually requested that he come on the pod. So at some point he will be a guest yeah. and we'll, we'll get to have him introduced to all of you himself. Um, yeah. but yeah, he's just he got very one of the funniest stuff. sense of humors I've ever met. He's just like so dry and sarcastic. Shall it, I pull up it, the folder of all of the names he suggested when we told him we were going to start a podcast? Yeah, and then we didn't pick any of them. <laughs> because they were all very much not either of us. We just had to work really hard on figuring out what it was going to be for ourselves. Yeah. But I do have a folder full of them somewhere. Let me see if I can figure out where it is. Because I can't remember where on my computer I stored it. They were really funny. Like, I just remember them being absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They were, like, stupid and ridiculous and hilarious at the same time. I think they're in my iCloud somewhere. Oh, yeah. Here we go. It's a folder called Sam Podcast Name Ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and he designed them. Uh, I think he just jumped into Canva and he, like, created a whole bunch of um, different things. So his favorite his favorite one, by the way, I don't know if you remember this one, Cole, was Two Girls, One Mic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> humor so dry, it blows podcast. <laughs> um oh, this one's terrible quality content you came to the wrong place <laughs> this one is um girl shit with c squared because our names both start with c yeah <laughs> i don't know if i can say this one um get turn it turn it I think this is it's meant to be get turned, but with my last name put into it. So it's get turn it right, Neil, son. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing with Sam, too, is like not only did he just like come up with these, he like designed little like logos alongside them yeah. in Canva because because he can never do anything like half effort. He has to go the full mile just to get the full effect. It's so funny. Yeah, and he sent them all into the group chat that we um the three of us have together. This one yeah. was um subpar bants radio. <laughs> <laughs> this one is um Shazza and Cole Colby on a roll roll. <laughs> They're just so bad. <laughs> yeah. Cauliflower and courgette talk shit. <laughs> That's all I've got for you guys. <laughs> uh, did you know that coli is a type of fish? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so random. random. <laughs> but I looked up coli the other day, which is my name, and I just like typed it into Google. And yeah, when you Google coli, C-O-L-E-Y, fish will come up. <laughs> so so random. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a pollock fish, but they call it coli in um the UK, I think, or they call it like coal fish, coal fish or coli. Okay. Yeah. So fun fact. You're named after I'm named a fish. After a fish. I mean, you named yourself after a fish. 
Yeah, well, no, my parents, Coley's always been my nickname since I was like a baby because oh, okay. I have a cousin named Nikki. And so for those of you that don't know, my, my first name is actually Nicole, but um, I have a cousin whose name is Nicola and she's always been called Nikki and she's 16 years older than me. So she gets the nickname first, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd be pissed if I were here and you came in and she's like, nah, I'm Nikki. It'd be like, sit the fuck down, child. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my parents always call me Coley. And so since then I've, um, I've always been Coley. Yeah. I don't think I realized your name was Nicole for a good long time. A lot of people still don't know. Yeah. Because I, mean, I don't tell anyone cause I don't like being called Nicole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like it pops up every once in a while for, I don't know why, like you're saved in my phone as Coley, but every once in a while something will pop up and like, it'll be Nicole Nielsen. I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> my finsta's name is Nicole Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I have a finsta that I haven't put. I don't post on that often, but you made that when you were in the like height of your social media hatred. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember her making. She's just like, I'm sick of the whole aesthetic feed bullshit. I need to make myself like a, a different Instagram so I can just post stuff again without feeling like I'm limited by the aesthetic. Oh my, it's yeah. true. Yeah, fair and enough. I did. And, it, and it was really, it was very therapeutic. I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I follow both. Oh, I, also, I also follow, I follow all the Instagram accounts you've ever made. <laughs> there's so, there's quite a few now. There's one for um, Swell Station as well. Yeah, I, I do not post on Swell Station at all because, and this is going to sound very like narcissistic maybe, but I, I already have too many clients yeah. For like my my brain capacity currently. So I I, I don't want to advertise my business. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, <sighs> you may want to at some point if you start doing just like pre-kit stuff, but you have so much client work, you don't have time to do the pre-kit ones anyway. Yeah, uh, I know. That's a whole other headache and a half and you know what i think i might just become an indie yarn dyer <laughs> yeah back to the hobbies <laughs> yeah, then i won't and then i won't have to look at a computer screen anymore and that's the one thing like a, another big thing i got really into gardening last year but mm. i i i like dove really hard into it this year because of covid specifically and not being able to go out to places and like like because I work a tech job, right? I'm I'm web I'm a web designer. I'm on my computer the majority of the time. It's yeah. really important for me to be able to leave my house. Mm. It's super important for me because if I like I get like desk locked so easily and COVID took that away from me, that ability to just like when I needed a break, be able to go to a coffee shop, be able to go to a restaurant without the kind of added anxiety of like everything that was going wrong in the world. Hmm. So I'm like so lucky that we live kind of in the in the boonies of um, Vancouver where we've got farmland um, that we live on. And I was able to really like dig my hands into soil this year and garden a lot. And that came in clutch during this whole thing because it's so important to still be able to have like outdoor spaces I think for anybody and being able to be connected to nature but yeah. it was basically my only like refuge outside of my my tiny little corner which is my office of my of my place um and being able to like go outside and I grew like 65 different pepper plants this year we did new squash we did experimental cucumbers we got to do like a bunch of really great things so gardening was a really big thing for me this year I basically just read gardened knit and painted that's a really good point though um like being able to separate yourself from the computer is a really massive thing it's like I found that I was working on the computer a lot of a day a lot of the day and then watching television most of the evenings and I was starting to get eye strain and like I didn't think it was very good for my mental health either just staring at a screen all day um and that was a big part of me wanting to carry on with the hobbies now that I've re-reminded myself that I actually really enjoy doing crafty things um I've managed to like in the evenings I'll do something crafty for the most part instead of just watching tv or if I'm watching tv I'm sewing at the same time or I'm knitting 
or mm-hmm. you know I'm doing something at the same time so my eyes aren't just like staring at a screen blankly this the television is mostly just there as background noise to keep my brain amused while I'm knitting something um but yeah I think that's a, a big part of why I've carried them on since the lockdown is just having that separation and having something to do in the evenings other than just watch TV. Otherwise you're in this really boring, horrible rut cycle of just like doing work, coming home, watching TV, eating dinner and going to bed and yeah. just, just doing that. And when you're like me, where you, it, you work right next to your bed because my desk is right next to my bed. I don't Same. even, there's, I don't even, it's not even like I'm going home. It's like, I'm, I wake up out of bed. I get straight onto my laptop. I work all day. Mm. And sometimes it's like really hard for me to even, even when I'm watching TV, I'm probably still working. And so I, it, it took me a lot. I, I, and I started making a conscious effort of this last year or more of like towards the end of 2018, I'd say, where I started to make a conscious decision to close my computer at the end of the day and not go on it, mainly because I had the client from hell at the time who I no longer associate with or work for. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But at the time, right, I was like, there were some days where I was working like 18, 19 hour days and I was so frazzled because I was not going to sleep. I was working until like two in the morning and then I was getting Mm -hmm. up until at like 8 a.m. and starting again and just working all throughout the night and completely just shattering myself. And so I had to make the conscious decision of like, I'm not going to watch TV at the end of the night anymore. I'm not going to watch YouTube at the end of the night more. I'm going to read or I'm going to do something else that I'm not looking at my screen. And I'm not as good at it right now, but uh, COVID's kind of made me a little bit less strict. But it's so important to have that separation because it's really not good for you. Like my body was falling apart at the time because it was it's really not good for you. Yeah, I got to a point when I moved out of my parents' place last year, I remember part of my, like, I was just, I was very stressed out in general. And for the last couple of years, even actually Sam has been trying to point this out. Sam was the one that was just like, you need to do better with your separation. It's like, have at least one day a week where you don't touch anything work-related, which I now do. I have Sundays where I don't pick up anything that's work-related. And this we're recording the podcast because it's the only day of the week that works for us to get that done. But other than that, Sunday is my like hands down day off. Don't touch anything. Mm -hmm. And now that I've been in the flat for a year now, I'm better about stopping in the evenings and doing something different to work stuff at the end of the work day, mostly because it's when everybody ends up coming home or when they stop work from home because I have one flatmate who now permanently works from home because the office is closed. Didn't want to pay for the rent if we were going in and out of lockdowns. One who does flexi working one who works only a couple of days a week and one who is doing her PhD. So she's either at the university if it's open or she's at home if it's not. Um, So like everybody stops working at a certain point in the evening and it's been a little bit easier for me to have that cut, having those people around me influencing that. But yeah, I also really actively wanted to do that for myself too, because like you, it's like my desk is right by my bed. If I don't have like a set time where I stop doing stuff that's work related and switch my brain into some kind of calm down routine, then I'm like screwed when it comes to sleep time or like just my mental health goes into a drain. Um, And I think that actually having activities in the evening that are interesting enough to keep me preoccupied has been a big part of actually helping me have that separation. I still do work in the evenings. Like, I'm not going to lie. There are times where I do work in the evenings because, like, I have a time crunch and I have to get it done in the evening that day to get it done in time. Or, like, I didn't get something done during the day because I was out doing other stuff and I need to make up the hours that I was doing to balance out and get stuff done. But I've been better at it. And having those hobbies that I've picked up over the last six months has been a big help in that because I have something to do, something to do with my hands, something that distracts my brain, something that's not looking at a screen that helps me have that life balance Mm -hmm. a little bit more in control. And I think that COVID has done that for a lot of people. I think a lot of people have realized that there was this like very go, go, go mentality that no one could really sustain. And I think that COVID and lockdowns has forced a lot of people into slowing down and trying to 
have a little bit of some kind of separation because there were a lot of people who found that they were working, having to work from home with lockdowns and having to learn that thing that we have been struggling with the last few years and learning slowly that you need to have like very strict routines on yourself to have that separation because you can't just walk out of the office and go home. Like yeah, you've every, got to actively every, try. Everyone was kind of like thrown into the whole work from home life, which is something that I, <laughs> I think for the first time ever, everyone, Like even some of the people in my life who like always just thought that I was fucking around at home all day and that I didn't have a real job. And (laughs) after they got forced to start working from home, it was suddenly I was going to like an influx of people being like, oh, my God, how do you do this? I don't understand because this is actually so difficult. How do you figure out how to do separation? How do you keep and maintain a schedule? How do you get up at the same time every day in the morning? How do you do all this stuff when you have nothing to be able to like structure you if you don't have somewhere where you're going and coming back how do you how do you find that and it's not an easy thing mm-hmm. i don't think everyone is made for working at home i i really don't think that everyone is because it's something that it takes a lot out of you um yeah and you have to have a lot of self discipline and also you're completely in charge of like your own destiny when you're in charge of it right yeah, like little things that help. And it's been interesting because one of my other really good friends, Megan, has been doing flexi working since COVID. And she has realized the value in little things like being able to go to a cafe and work for an hour or two just to get you out of the house, do something different, get you mm-hmm. into a good work headspace. And then it's almost easier when you get back into the house to carry on that workflow consistently if you've been out and in some kind of work mentality for a bit. Yeah. And I think that it's also so important, right. To like make sure that you turn off at the end of the day and that you, you do other things besides work. Yeah. And it's like, and that's when these hobbies come in in clutch, man, mm-hmm. pick up a paintbrush, pick, go put your hands in some dirt, go. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to do all of our hobbies. It's funny. We, you and I are so similar in so many ways where we have like very similar hobbies as well. Yeah. I, like I used to sew all throughout high school and I was, I like, I can, I like competitively sit like drafted and sewed and I, mm. I almost went to school for it. And it was like a big part of my life when I was younger and I, I really loved sewing. And so it's been fun hearing you kind of like on your sewing adventures, like learning how to do things and me being able to chime in being like, Oh, like, are you using this technique? Or are you doing that? Like, Oh, like how, how, how's that going for you? And like, Oh, do you have this kind of machinery? And like, how, how's this going? And what kind of sewing machine do you have? And like all that kind of stuff. And same with like, like you and I both knit and, yeah, you've just kind of started dabbling in painting, which is something that I've done for a really long time. So it's yeah, it's funny how we kind of like we're so similar sometimes. <laughs> we are ridiculously similar people. It's so funny. <laughs> and I don't know whether that's just us rubbing off on each other, but it can't even be that because I didn't know that you did sewing until I started. And you're just like, oh, I did sewing. I was like, really? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I was pretty good. I was like. Okay, cool. I will ask you all the questions then. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll have them. Yeah. My, my mom was a professional belly dancer for like 10 years. I used to sew all her costumes too for her. She used to pay me to do it. Maybe at some day, at some point we need to start a fashion brand together. Mm. That's my dream. Maybe one day. I yeah. need a lot of money. but Oh yeah, you do need a lot of money. It's It's not cheap to do it well. No, and I would want to make sure that it's done ethically and like I would want to make sure that um, we were being able to provide like proper wages to garment sewers and make sure that Mm. we could provide like education and health care to those in impoverished countries that um, do most of the garment work that we all wear. But that is a faraway dream from now. (laughs) Anyways. Let's uh, let's just finish this up because yeah, we've been talking for a while, man. Yeah, a lot of sidetracking in there. It, it, some of it may have been cut. Sods Who if knows? It was. If, if this know, ending is coming in a bit jarring, it means I've cut something out in the editing process. But I if think, it's flowing on naturally, then I yeah. You know what? <laughs> I think it's fine. I oh, actually. Before we finish this, there's one thing that I meant to say at the very beginning of this that I never said is thank mm-hmm. you guys 
so much for all of your love that we've gotten so far oh about my God, this. Yeah, we've I gotten forgot. so many DMs and so many people being like, I could listen to hours and hours of you guys talking. Like someone was like, I don't care if an episode is four hours long. Keep everything in. They enjoy listening to it so much. And also we're getting a lot more listens than we thought was going to happen. Like we thought maybe like oh, yeah, three yeah. people, three people might listen to it. And we were like stoked on that, but we've actually been getting quite a few. So thank you guys so much for being so sweet and we love you guys so much and if you have anything you want us to talk about let us know dm us dm me some yarn dyeing company names (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i imagine that you're probably gonna get some dms from sam if he manages to listen through this whole thing i don't know to be fair our podcast is definitely not necessarily his niche but (laughs) that's fair that's fair he's very desperate to come on and have a yarn with us though so that will probably happen in the next couple of weeks i'd imagine we should we should do like an episode on photography because that's something that i didn't mention but like also i like i went to school for photography and i Mm. have worked for as a photographer for a really long time i do mostly web design now but um i do like um commercial photography quite a bit too so we could do a whole episode on video stuff actually for you as well like you do both video and yeah not that i like video but i actually quite like video i'm i'm growing to have uh, an appreciation and a joy for i enjoy the editing process for video i i think it's just that the video projects that i have done have been from from clients that i don't really like (laughs) yeah that'll do it (laughs) yeah so anyways guys we're gonna wrap this up But thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye. See you later.